to Geek and Friends. I am your host, Scott Davis. Right alongside me, Jason Hickey. Scott! It's good to be back. It's good to be back, yes. We've had a little off days, but and they were all from me this time. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually was sick. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't rub it in. No. Because I'm a I'm a emotionally mature person. I don't agree with that. Well, the evidence is right in front of you, Scott. <laughs> but no, I was getting myself the COVID vaccine and the day after the COVID vaccine was our normal recording day. And well, that sort of made me not feel very well. As it is wont to do. Yes. So uh, what are we talking about? We are going to talk about my illness. Your illness? No, no. a whole podcast on that? (laughs) Oh boy. No. We are going to talk about Stargate Atlantis, season one. Good stuff. It was very well. For the most part. It was better than Stargate SG-1 season eight, though. Uh, yeah, it was better than season eight of Stargate SG-1, and it was better than season, well, I don't know if that's, that's true. I would say it's probably on par with season one of SG-1. Yes, I'll go with it was on par with SG-1 season one. Season eight, as we said in the podcast that we did for season eight already, there was a dip in the Noticeable, quality. obvious dip. Yes. And, well, SG-1 is the starting point, though. Yes, because... As we know, this is a Stargate, so it's originating from the SGC. So we start in Cheyenne Mountain, familiar territory. Yes. And it, actually, we start in Atlanta. Oh, actually, yeah, you know, we start right. in Antarctica. We do get eventually get to Cheyenne Mountain, but yes, we start in Antarctica, which hey, that's also familiar territory because we've been there. Yes. I want to say I believe the only main cast carryover was Jack, wasn't it? No. Who else was in it? Daniel Jackson. Was he? Yes. Oh yeah, because he keeps complaining that he can't go to Atlantis. Exactly. <laughs> what a knucklehead. <laughs> been a little while since i watched the first episode hey i actually watched it before you yeah, and i, I still remember this well your mind's a steel trap scott i won't go there <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to talk about episodes one and two the rising and hide and seek yeah they're more or less it's a two-parter yeah and so with the rising it's you know they're in uh, antarctica they're uh, they're getting themselves ready to uh, start going and they go to you know get every you know we find out dr weir who we talked about before mm-hmm is going to be leading the expedition. Yes. It is an expedition. Oh, yeah, because they, they have no idea what's on the other side of this this gate address. They're just no. kind of going blind, so they're trying to take everything with them because they also know that the ZPM is good for one use. Mm-hmm. They don't know if there's going to be anything on the other side to power the Stargate to get back. So as far as they know, this could very well be a one-way trip. Exactly. Now, in this, we have... Dr. McKay, who was someone that we met in SG-1 before. Yes. And we did not like him then. I still don't like him now. I think he's a lot more likable in this because I think it's because he's not creepily hitting on Sam. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And yes, he's still a douchebag, but I don't know. He's a little bit more endearing in this one than he was in (laughs) SG-1. And we are then introduced to, um, you know, a couple of other people. Right. We have uh, Lieutenant Ford, Mm -hmm. uh, who is a young lieutenant. That is... He's a youngin. Yep. He's a youngin. And we have, we meet Major John Shepard. Yes. Who can, like General Jack O'Neill, can use Atlantean technology. Yeah. Which I like the way they did this because... they discover it by accident, mm-hmm. and it's literally the only reason he's on this expedition. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, we then also meet a Dr. Carson Beckett, mm-hmm. who has alien technology. He can control the ancients as well, and he doesn't like that he can do that. <laughs> yeah, and, no, he complains every time they make him do it. Exactly. And and finally, we meet Colonel Marshall Sumner. Yeah. Now, Colonel Sumner is being played by Robert Patrick. 
Which we all love Robert Patrick. Yeah. So with a big name like Robert Patrick, you're going to expect that he is going to be there for at least two episodes. One would hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. He's in, he's in there for two episodes. I was going to say, here's the thing. I knew he was going to die because... Well, I have never watched the show. I recognize actors from the show. Yes. And I had no idea he was in it. <laughs> so I kind of knew that he was not going to last. Well, I know. And that's why I needed to bring it up like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Robert Patrick's in this. Mm-hmm. Hard-nosed colonel that's going to do everything by the book. Yep. And then die. And then dies. <laughs> <laughs> So they go to uh, they go to the Cheyenne Mountain. They open the Stargate. Go seven one seven two seven three seven four seven five seven six seven 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 eight. Mm-hmm. Meaning they're going to another galaxy. Yeah. And they go to the other galaxy and they walk into a spaceship. Yeah. They have really no clue. It's some kind of control center. The Stargate looks a little different too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but everything is powered down. There's no, there's no power to anything. Well, as soon as they walk in, power starts to come back up. Exactly. Minimally. Yes. I think they did a pretty decent job of making this look different than other things we've seen. Because mm-hmm. we know that most of the technology that the Goa would have is ancient technology that they've stolen. Yes. Because they're parasites. Yeah, that they are. Like, literally <laughs> and figuratively. <laughs> and so, when they get in there and they find the uh, the ancient technology, all this technology must be new. Not, not newer, but more advanced as well. Right. But we then have them walking around and trying to find what to do. Right. And then we find out they're underwater. Which was pretty cool. And then we find out because everyone's starting to turn too many things on, the shield is starting to collapse. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to start flooding. Yeah. So they consolidate again. <laughs> yeah. Bring everybody in. Turn off as much as you can. Pretty much it's, shown, it's saying, hey, for the first season, we're going to be in these, this small location. If we get picked up for further seasons, we're going to have a larger array yeah. of things to that we can go to. And it, it's cool that they're doing it that way. And you do see in some of the effects shots that the city's huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, And they're occupying the smallest percentage of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then while... While on one of the travels, Major Shepard finds these little pods that they can you know, fly away in. Is a little small debate on what they want to call them. <laughs> um, I think Shepard wants to call it a puddle jumper. Yes. Whereas McKay wants to call it a... Something elaborate. And... No, it's something about the gate. Yeah, a gate ship. Yeah. Or, 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 or a gate, you gate know, pod or something. Gate, gate pod or gate something like that. Whatever it was, it did not roll off the tongue. It did not roll off the tongue. Puddle jumper does. So yeah, like. yes. <laughs> so it from this point on has a, will be called a puddle jumper yes and we even called it that in sg1 season eight did we we did i actually just edited that episode last night oh okay <laughs> <laughs> so um they they need they know that the power of the city is dying and they can hook up their stuff to it and get it to work but small it's not, location yeah, it's not going to power the entire city so they need to go and find more cpms yeah. Well, they have a they have a gate, they have a dialer, and they've got addresses. And so they dial out, and they walk out to a nice green planet, mm-hmm. and they meet up with some humans. Yes. And this these humans that meet up with, they welcome them in. They they're very happy. And there's another like decent sized city out in the distance. And Shepard's like, why don't you go there? <laughs> <laughs> and like, no, 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 you don't want to acquire technology because if you do then we're gonna have trouble yeah it's very ominous yes and of course they have to go to the city of course and of course trouble comes in the form of ships that fly over to and then just beam people out and all of a sudden you see people are getting beamed out um and shepherd is is with one of of the actually is the leader of the of the group of people that were there and her name is taylor yeah 
and she then gets captured. Yes. And so do a couple of other you know people. And so Shepard then you know finds out about this group of people, and they're called Wraith. So he wants to go and rest assured, we will find more about the Wraith. We will find more about the Wraith, and he wants to go and save them and save the people. So he then goes and goes back to Atlantis, finds out oh they have to go to, uh, to the Wraith, but when they find that the gate was open, the gate for the Wraith are actually is in space. Yeah, kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. So hey, what do we got? We got the puddle jumper. Yeah. Fly that through and now they're in space. Which he's like the only one who can do it because there's only a couple people that have the gene necessary to operate it. Mm -hmm. And he's the only pilot. Exactly. So they go, um, him, you know, the Colonel, Ford, a couple other people, they go. A couple other NPCs. Yeah. And they they go out. Well, uh, after they go out, they meet up with the Wraith. Uh, they fight the, uh, they don't really fight the Wraith. They, they're like sneaking around. They rescue a couple of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, the Colonel then meets up with a Wraith female. Yes. And we kind of find out what the Wraith are. They're vampires. They're space vampires. Yeah. They're space vampires. That's the easiest way to say it. Yeah. They, they don't suck your blood. They, they suck your, they suck your, your essence, your yeah, life. Yeah. Your, your life force, essentially. Yeah. And, well, they sucked, it was sucking the life force of the colonel, and Shepard was like, yeah, we're going to kill Colonel because we don't want the, you know, yeah. him to suffer anymore. Well, and the, the effect is kind of cool because it's, it's not just that they're, you can, like, visibly see it because it ages the person. Mm-hmm. And at the point the colonel was at, he was looking very old and very decrepit, and Shepard knew that there was no saving him. Yeah. And so then he and the rest of the people get on the, get on the puddle jumper. They uh, they fly out, and then they realize, hey, we can go into cloak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they cloak, and so the, the the wraith can't find them, but the wraith are blocking the way to through the stargate because they're yeah. Well, the wraith actually are pretty pretty smart. But the before they left, I forgot to mention this. The wraith lady said, "You can kill me, but you're gonna wake wake us all up, and we're gonna come after you and kill you all." Yeah. Very ominous. Very. Yes. And so they have to get through the gate, and they have to create a distraction. And they get their distraction, mm-hmm. and they finally get through the gate. Yeah. And, and, and now we've got our setup. we got a setup for the whole series. The whole series is about the people of Atlantis fighting or saving people against the Wraith. And, and trying to acquire a ZPM is like a huge part of what they're doing. Yes. And now all of that was the first two episodes. All of that's the first two episodes. Yes. So now we go into episode three, Hide and Seek. Okay. And this is the one where there is an alien entity in the city. All right. So so what happens in Hide and Seek? Rodney found some technology. Mm -hmm. He puts the technology on and he gets a personal shield. Yeah. Rodney's kind of careless. Yeah. Yeah. So he just finds this thing, throws it on, and now he has the shield. Well, well, now with the shield, nothing can touch him. But also he can't go to the bathroom. He can't Mm -hmm. eat. You know, he, he can be able to breathe. So the air is able to go through and come out, but he's not able to do anything else. Yeah. So he's afraid that he's going to die. Yeah. And this was all accomplished with like a gene therapy that they do to allow other mm-hmm. people to use the ancient technology. Yep. And so they learn how to how to be able to spread the ancient gene around so that more people can be able to you know fly the puddle jumper or do other things in, inside the Atlantis itself. Right. It was it was good that they got rid of that limitation pretty quickly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just in the third episode. Yeah. And so the. The place is filled with the Earthlings and the Athosians. The Athosians are the people I told you from the earlier planet. Yeah. Well, that earlier planet had to get evacuated completely um, because the Wraith, the Wraith were, were gonna, coming. Yeah. <laughs> the Wraith are coming. The Wraith are coming. Yes. But so in this episode, there's like shadowy things going on. Yeah. It's pretty much there is a Wraith in, in the facility. Yeah. And since and so they need to capture that, that Wraith. 
Yeah. And, and they do. And they do. They capture the Wraith and they ask the Wraith, what's your name? He doesn't say. He's like, fine, we're going to call you Todd. <laughs> I don't remember if it was Todd or not. If it was it was some innocuous, you know, yeah, you know, human name. It's going to lead into a criticism of the show, I've got, that we'll talk about later. Okay. Next episode, 38 minutes. Now, this one was cool. Yeah. Um, the Puddle Jumper kind of went into the Stargate at an angle. Yeah. And got stuck. So the portal is, the wormhole is stuck open because the ship is not all the way through it. Well, it didn't go to an angle. What actually happened was... The, oh, you're right. The, the engines couldn't close. Yeah, the engines couldn't, couldn't because they close were entirely. Right, yeah. Either way, they, they got stuck with the thing half opened. Mm-hmm. So they can't go through. They're halfway through. Yeah. And 38 minutes is the length of time that you can keep open a Stargate. Yes. And so if they closed it within that time, then the people that were inside the Stargate will just... Because they're not able to get through to the end. Yeah. And so they're just you know dissipate itself in the stargate and their matter is just going everywhere the people that are on the back end of the craft would suffocate and die well not not a, that, that was this is one of the cool things about this episode not initially because initially there was a, a, a door up and the stargate was on the other side of it yeah so they were they would be okay but the people up front would be dead and right away, but it would take like a few moments and right. they die and, uh, as well. But then eventually they were trying to fix it and they altered something and it pulled them just in a little bit. Yep. And then the Stargate was partially through their walls. So they were going to be open to the back into space. Yes. I, I actually like this one a lot. It's pretty much, think of it like uh, Apollo 13. Kind of, yeah. Because, you know, they had to find little trinkets and things to be able to find how to fix it. Yeah. The uh, the setup was uh, Shepard got, um, he got a bite from some bug. Yeah. And, you know, it was, you know, changing his DNA or something like that. And so he was in the back end. So it was uh, McKay and... Um, it was Shepard that had the bite, wasn't it? Shepard was the one that had the bite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and McKay and... Ford? No. Uh, yeah, Ford was there. And who's the girl? I always forget her name. Taylor. So, thank you. And Taylor. So Shepard was in the back with McKay, Ford, and Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was a good episode. I like that one a lot. Uh, next, we have Suspicions. Well, you have a bunch of alien people, and they're you know afraid of a group of other alien people. And you have the Earthlings that are there. And uh, for some reason, every time that they go to a planet, the Wraith always come. Yeah. And are attacking. So they're blaming the alien people, the Athosians. Yeah, it's, it's particularly Taylor because she's a member of that team. Because Taylor is essentially Teal'c in this show. Pretty she's much. the alien, I'm using air quotes because she's human, but I mean, she she's the non-Stargate personnel that accompanies them. Exactly. And they accuse her of this because, well... Well, they accuse she's all al- the Athosians. They, yes, but she's an alien. She's... An Athosian, so it must be her. And we come to find out that it was her necklace that her father gave her, which was from the city. Mm-hmm. And it was activated when Shepard touched it like three because, episodes ago. Because well, the very the very first episode. Yeah. Because hey, you know he's an ancient. He touches it. He activates the ancient technology. And it, it was. It essentially was a homing beacon. Yeah. So yeah, that was. That's what happened. Yeah. It was all right. <laughs> uh, next, we have childhood's end. Uh, think of this Peter Pan on crack. Yes. This one was a little nuts. <laughs> and now I've got to ask, did you recognize the leader of the planet? Um, I'm going to say no right now because I don't remember because I haven't seen it in a bit. But if I take a quick look, it was... I don't know. I was say he had a name, I think, but I don't remember what it was. They all have names. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't remember where he was from. He was... Remember the, there was a couple episodes of SG-1 where they were training up the future SG members, uh-huh, uh-huh. and he was the leader of that group. Oh, okay. Who eventually got killed, killed when he was taken by a 
Tokra, who kept yeah, yeah. him alive for the same actor. Okay, so they're recycling. That's, <laughs> see, here's the thing: someone that unmemorable, I'm okay with. You know, one or two episodes. Oh yeah. You know, fine. My problem is a major cast member. Yes. Having to be, you know, put in as a different person entirely. Someone that you have for two or three seasons. Highlander. Yes. Highlander Raven. If, it would have been the equivalent of casting the guy who played Jonas Quinn as just some random alien. Yeah, on yeah, show. yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. So no, 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 no. All right. So that was uh, so Childers in. It's Peter Pan on crack. They have a, they they go to a planet because hey, there's supposed to be a ZPM there. Uh, they go there. They find the ZPM, but the ZPM has a shield that's blocking signal communication. Any electronic thing that's happening right. goes out. Right. They go in there and they say, oh, well, this it's all children. No one is over the age of 18. Uh, 24. Sure, whatever. They kill themselves at 25. Yes. So, uh, he, as Jason just said. That since... No, no, no. We're gonna... Oh, okay. As Jason just said, they kill themselves at 25. So, they're... Yeah. And, and it is their belief that this is why the wraiths don't come there. Because they don't allow anybody to get old. But in actuality, it's because of the shield that mm-hmm. we just mentioned earlier. And, well... <clears throat> Rodney, as Rodney being stupid as all hell. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's a douchebag. Well, he takes out the ZPM, shuts down the shield. There was a dead wraith uh, at one point and uh, set off a home and beacon. Well, the home and beacon just went off right away. Mm-hmm. And now wraiths come. Yeah. <laughs> well, the kids are all blaming the SG team. They're true. They're right. It is their fault. Oh, yeah. End of the story. They put the ZPM back. The shield goes back up and they are not welcome. Exactly. Next, poisoning well. So this is an episode where they go to another planet, mm-hmm. sort of industrial. Um, you know, they and the people of Lynn, and the people are called the Hoffins. Right. And well, they have engineered a you know a, like a vaccine. Right. So in this vaccine that they engineered is something that you inject in yourself, and if the wraith come and they won't want to eat you. <laughs> I mean, it sounds wonderful. Sure, sure. But now it's actually killing their, uh, the population. Yeah. It's like two-thirds of the population is dying because of the vaccine. Perhaps they did not have enough testing. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, well, people were dying. The uh, the wraith did come, and they tried feeding, but they couldn't feed, so they just decided to kill everyone. Yeah. And that's the episode. <laughs> kind of a brutal one. Next, we have Underground. Now, this one is actually, you got to watch this one because it's actually important for future episodes. Because it has Cole Meany in it. That is not the reason. It's it's that's the cherry on top. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, so in this episode, they meet up with a group of uh, civilization called the Jedi. Yeah, who when they get there, they're a very agrarian. You know, they're, they're farmers. They're very simple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, not really. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> you walk behind a wall, and you know it's just like a military facility, huge yeah. military facility underground with some. Not super advanced technology, but probably like what nineteen eighties Earth technology. Uh, yeah, maybe I, even a I, little I, bit more advanced say, than that. I say, I say probably eighties. Yeah, because yeah, the show was made in the early two thousands, so two decades uh, in the past. Yeah, so I mean, they had, they had you know firearms and they had computers and mm-hmm. yeah. So the Jedi are very militaristic, though. Oh yeah, everyone is in, is conscripted in the military. Yes, and they found out, hey, you guys actually went to a uh, hive ship. Those are the names of the 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 Rafe ships called hives. Yeah, and well, they wanted to go in and sneak around, and while they were sneaking around, they wanted to try and steal some data. And well, like sure, we'll do that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so they go, and it's uh, you know Comey's character, another Jedi, and two more, and then it was um, Shepard and Ford. Right? No, or Taylor. Taylor. 
Taylor. So it was Shepard and Taylor. And so Shepard and Meanie went together, looking around. They got some data. And then Taylor and the other Jedi character, who, big military guy. So how come you're not telling us his name, Scott? Because I forgot his name. Because <laughs> it's, it's completely uh, unimportant. No, well, he's sort of important, but the character himself not, because, hey, he dies. I was going to say, the actions are important. <laughs> yes, yeah. he dies. And, well, he gets, you know, he's he gets, you know, grabbed by a wraith. Right. And, you know, they start feeding on him and, well, and the they thing, leave. Well, and it wasn't only that. Before that, he had tried to force Taylor to do... I mean, nothing like... He, the true intentions of the Janai were kind of revealed and that they were just going to kill the SG team and take mm-hmm. what they wanted. And so Taylor didn't make a huge effort to save his life. No, no. I, I don't blame so, her. So they go back and, and all of a sudden <laughs> you see there was the daughter of the guy and she was like, where's my daddy? Where's my daddy? And they're like, oh, he died. He's dead. Get over <laughs> it. And then from that point on, the Jedi hate them. Yeah. Uh, also because SG, the SG team stole the data. <laughs> oh, well. Well, but the Jedi were going to kill them. As I say, the Jedi are not... The Jedi are secondary villains. Yes. Yes. Next, we have Home. This was a cool one. So they go down to... They, they, they're they visiting planets, essentially. is what they do. And they encounter a planet that has this dense fog around the Stargate. And what they find is that they may be able to get home because when they activate the Stargate, it draws energy from the fog to the point where they have enough energy to travel all the way to Earth. Mm-hmm. So they do so. And they go back to Earth, and we see General Hammond. General Hammond. But he's not supposed to be there anymore. I know that. I think they did that fully on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, due to the actions of it, you know, they, they give the report and they say, okay, well, we're going to completely militarize Atlantis, and you guys aren't going back. Yeah. They put Hammond there to tip off the viewer that this is not what it seems. <laughs> And so they, you know, it, what actually happened was it's a false world. It's all in their mind. Yeah. And, and the, the way Shepard found out, he, he noticed a few things. So he decided to mess with around it. with it and was just coming up with more and more elaborate things that he wanted. And it always happened to up to dead comrades of his that were standing there talking to him because he imagined them coming there. Yeah. So it's what actually it is. It's that fog is an alien life form. Yeah. Millions and billions of alien life forms all around them. And they're like, well, if you're using the energy for the Stargate, it's going to kill us. And every time you use the Stargate, it kills us. Yeah. And if you use that much energy to get back to Earth, you're going to kill all of us. Yeah. All, yeah. And so they're like, okay, well, we won't do that. And they leave. Yeah. And they put a block number on that. So they're not going to go back there again. Good. Up- I-, I liked it. I thought that was a good episode. Next, we have the storm. This was a really good one. So... Uh, Atlantis. Oh, we forgot to say Atlantis went back to went to the surface. No, oh yeah, it, it's no longer underwater. It was like underwater it was like a, for the three it was, episodes. Well, it was a fail safe that when power dropped to a certain level, it would rise to the surface. Yeah. So they're on the surface now. They're on the they, yeah. They've been on the surface for quite a while. Can't believe you forgot to mention that. Stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so here we have a storm where there's a huge hurricane that's yeah. coming, not just for you know Atlantis, but also when it's going to hit the mainland as yeah. well. Yeah, and it's it's like covers half the planet it's just a massive storm and then there's another hurricane that's going to collide into each other yes so yeah so they're like well we need to we need to leave we need to evacuate we can't and so they're calling around to the people that they've met already see if they can uh you know go and you know stay at any other planet you know just for refuge for a little bit and then they go back to atlantis well one of these other planets says hey yeah sure you can come and visit us that's fine and then they go and tell the janai yeah great stuff and the janai contract with this basically really hardcore member of their military mm-hmm. who's played by robert davy 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've you've seen him in a ton of stuff. As soon as you see him, you're like, holy crap, it's him! And they essentially know that there's going to be only a skeleton crew on Atlantis, so they take that moment to gate in and try and take it over. Well, so the skeleton crew that's on Atlantis is Weir, McKay, Taylor, Ford, and Shepard. Your opening and, credits, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, Shepard is off on his own and Taylor is, you know, you know, is doing her thing. Right. But McKay and Weir get captured. Right. And, and the thing is, they have this crazy plan to get the shield back up. Mm-hmm. And it involves, because the entire city is basically a lightning rod. It yep. involves cutting off the valves that send the electricity into the ocean and letting it go into the power generators and Sure, sure. Technobabble. Technobabble, yes. <laughs> but that's the whole thing of the episode, is that they have to try and do this. And then we have the next episode, which is the eye, which is just a continuation. Yes. And what it is, it's the Jedi are now trying to get the shield to be turned on so they can take control of Atlantis. And they need to have Weir and McKay do this. And Shepard's going around and knocking out all the Jedi. Mm-hmm. It was... These were, this was a really good two-parter. Yeah. Now, I said Ford and Taylor was also here, but they were... They off, were on the mainland. They were on the mainland. And No, I didn't say this before. Right. Again, I kind of skipped it, but the Athosians were all staying on the mainland. Yeah. Uh, so they're not staying in Atlantis after that you know, whole kerfuffle of, you know, you think we're, we're bad people. Yeah. <laughs> they, they quite, you know, understandably said, screw you all, we're leaving. Yes. And so then they go back. Uh, well, they, they all evacuated out to the other planet. Uh, Taylor was, in, was trying to get back. And then they finally get through the eye. And then they were able to attack the Jedi. Yeah. Hey, the day is saved. It was kind of like it was Die Hard on Atlantis. And it was, I liked it. It was really good. Yes. Next, a defiant one. Mm-hmm. So they discover on one of the planets that they have access to a downed Wraith spaceship. Mm-hmm. And now how long, how old was this ship? It was like 10,000 years old. <laughs> it was, ridiculous. Yeah, it had been there for millennia. But they're not reading any life forms, so they're thinking, okay, we this is great. We can go in and study this and learn yeah. a lot. And that's why it was all scientists and Shepard. Yes. And what they did not realize was that by going on there, they were inadvertently going to accidentally wake up the only remaining Wraith. Yep. So Wraiths, they... They don't have to be feeding or alive all the time. Ten thousand years, you know. They, they, you know, they were around, and he, he actually ate other wraiths mm-hmm. that were there. So there's only one survivor left. But as long as they go into hibernation, they can last a very long time. Yes. And so there's a nice little battle between Shepard and this other wraith, yeah. who I think he calls Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Something he he's you know he does. Oh, Todd is dead as well. Oh yeah, Todd died. <laughs> He's inconsequential. Himself. We're not going over every detail, folks. <laughs> uh, after they did that, they survived. Uh, they they survived uh, from there, but they couldn't get the ship back up, and so they had to have um, Ford come by, yeah, and pick him up. Next, we have Hut Zone. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I vaguely remember it now. <laughs> so this is the one where they, a couple of the members of the team on Atlantis, they're not on an alien planet develop symptoms and like die very quickly mm-hmm. and they're worried that they have a pathogen so they were doing some extra searching they, they yeah were, they were searching more out into the past remember how i said earlier like they only is confined in a small little spot well now they're trying to slightly go a little further yeah, out. just kind of push their borders a little bit yeah so they ran into a lab and met a pathogen yeah <laughs> and the pathogen just starts to kill people mm-hmm. and it's it travels through here yeah so 
Yeah. And so you have one stupid guy who wants to run away from them because they're all dying, but he's also infected. So he's going to go run into the populated area to infect everyone else. Yeah, he was dumb. He's a complete moron. Yeah. I hate when people do that. Yeah. It's just not intelligent. Yeah. It was an all right episode. I didn't love it, but... Yeah, it, it, it showed McKay actually as someone that was sort of having the right... You mean character development? What? <laughs> yeah, but no, McKay was, you know, he was a little better. But, you know, him and Ford were the, only, were the two majors in that yeah. episode. Next, we have Sanctuary. And so this episode, we have, they go to another planet. At this other planet, they find a beautiful woman. And, um, well... She wants to go back to Atlantis with them. Yeah, she wants to she wants to check it out. And the reason they're kind of curious and allowing this is because as they were landing, this wraiths were attacking them, and this beam came out of the planet and destroyed the wraith. So, and this woman knows nothing about it, obviously. Of course. No, no. Of course. She's well, she ignorant. Goes, she goes back to Atlantis, and they find out, oh, hey, she's an actual ancient. Yeah. She basically unascended. And is immortal in order to help the people of this planet. Well, she did something against the regular ancients' approval. And their punishment for her was that she could live forever, but she has to live on this planet to protect them. Yeah. And so she is the beam. It was was a pretty decent one. I liked it. We then have Before I Sleep. Now, this one I thought was great. Yes. So this is uh, Dr. Weir's birthday. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Then they find a cryogenic frozen woman. Yes. And they unfreeze this woman. And that's Dr. Weir. Yes. A very old, old Dr. Weir. Yes. And then we actually find the history of the city of Atlantis. Mm -hmm. And we actually find out that this was attempt number two by the same people. So it's an alternate timeline sort of thing. Basically, the main show... Is essentially an alternate timeline. Yes, which I kind of love. So the original, the original series, what happened was everyone was dying. Mm-hmm. Stupid things happened. They could, they didn't do anything right because things weren't set up properly. Well, the thing is, they did everything that they did in the first episode, but things that happened to the city were not happening. Yep. And yeah, pretty much everyone died mm-hmm. except for where Weir because Ooh. she got on a ship on a puddle jumper and that had a puddle jump that had a time driving it yes now we we've seen this before we have so and this is actually the only puddle jumper with a time drive right so this puddle jumper with a time drive means that it was in another planet in Hmm. another galaxy so that means Hmm. sg1 is also an alternate timeline yeah alternate timelines all over the place oh (laughs) But but essentially we learned from old dr weir that when they got to atlantis you know nothing worked and when the power started to drain, the city didn't rise. So yep. it essentially started to be flooded. And everyone died. Mm-hmm. Different ways. Different ways. And we learned that she went back in time. What was it? It was like 10,000 years. It was like 10,000 years. And she actually met the ancients as they were getting ready to leave Atlantis. And yes. she explained to them what happened and what was going on. And the guy who invented the time drive, who did it kind of against, you know. The other ancients? Yeah. They told him not to. He did it anyway. Yeah. Now this um, this doctor is actually supposed to be sort of important because oh. um, he is um, he he comes up more in the future. Oh, okay. In other episodes, uh, cool. he was actually mentioned in that episode where they meant where they found the time drive. He was actually the person that went back in time and wrote the stuff on the wall. 
Okay. Uh, that's cool. So, so he's, um, yeah. So he he's sort of important, you know, for someone to remember in the future. But if I can remember his name, I'd let you know. Yeah, they just have scientist. No, that's not right. Janus. Okay. So he, I mean, this, so he's he's sort of important. His name is Janus. Okay. Which is a god. Is it? Yeah. Oh, cool. You didn't know that? Janus. Janus. Yeah, Janus is, is the god. He, that's actually where we get the calendar of January. No, I had no idea. Yeah, Janus is a Roman, I think. It's either Roman or Greek, I don't remember. Okay. But, yeah. I'm not hip on the Roman gods. I just know that most of them are named after planets. Greek. Greek god. It's a two-headed god. Roman mythology. Janus is the god of doors, gates, and transitions. Okay. Very cool. So, Roman, not Greek. I read that wrong. Oh, I read something that said Greek equivalent to Janus. (laughs) (laughs) But, no. Janus is is a Roman god. Cool. All right. But he essentially on the DL from the other ancients creates the fail safe that will raise the city from to the surface when it starts to power down. So essentially very important episode, very important episode. And you find out that everybody died only to be saved by this man. And then she has to freeze herself. Yeah. And it's to upkeep the city and make Mm -hmm. sure that it, because what, uh, so the freezing, you know, pretty much she, she was in, you know, frozen and they let her out every thousand years or yeah. something like that? To basically to upkeep the power yeah. so that it would have more power when they get there and they won't just exactly drain it instantly. So. so it's pretty decent. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Next is the Brotherhood. Uh, this was a cool one. Like, the, the Indiana Jones and me like this one. Okay. <laughs> so they go to this planet and they have this ancient um, tomb tomb and they they know of this device that they have that the brotherhood was supposed to keep track of but all of them were wiped out in a culling you know mm-hmm. eons ago and they, the, so they, they get taken to the tomb area to take yeah. a look around and while they're all down inside the tomb area hey the Jedi come mm-hmm. whenever we say the Jedi we know something's gonna happen oh yeah <laughs> uh, well that same guy that um, Jason said earlier Robert Davy. yep came back yep he's very upset because they, they heard him Oh yeah, they shot him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so they have to help the the these people find this device, which is a ZPM, and keep it from the Janai. And they managed to do this only to discover that the people wanted to keep it for themselves. Yep. Yep. Because uh, so they originally thought that the people that were going to come and were the ancients, or the people from Atlantis. Yeah. And well, they were the people from Atlantis, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're just regular people. Exactly. Uh, next, we have letters from Pegasus. This is a clip show episode. It is. Decent framing device, though, and I kind of liked it. Yeah. But still a clip show. So they like, oh, we can get enough power to have the gate open for like 0.1 second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some stupid, like, small number like that right. to, uh, to Earth so that they can then send letters and all the data that they have to Earth. And hopefully if they can, then they can be able to get, maybe be able to get a ZPM from over there and let them uh, to be able to help you know, send reinforcements or whatever through the gate. Yeah. And it's basically the whole episode is people recording their messages to their families because they're going to have enough room to transmit all the data that they've acquired plus their messages to their families. Yep. That's the whole episode. Yeah. It's it's a clip show. It's fine. It is. Next we have The Gift. Well, The Gift is Taylor's having nightmares. Yes. That is a great gift. Yeah. Well, what's I actually... love nightmares. Yeah. They're my fave. What actually is happening is... Uh, they find out, Taylor finds out, she's part Wraith. Mm-hmm. And due to this, she can actually kind of join in the 
telepathic link that the Wraith have, mm -hmm. and this is why she's getting her nightmares, because yeah. the Wraith are jerks. Yeah, and so since the Wraith communicate telepathically, and she's only getting it recently, that means the Wraith are on their way. Mm-hmm. Which leads us into The Siege, part one and part two. Yes. The fin finale episodes. And if we hear part one and part two, that means that it's not a cliffhanger, right? Right. They're going to wrap this up because these TV shows only do two-parters, Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you can tell, we're lying. Through our teeth. Uh, there is a part three, which is the very beginning of the next season. Which I have not watched yet because I am following the rules of this podcast. Scott. I did watch it because I hate things like that. And I'm being honest to myself. That's fair. Honest to myself. Yeah. Essentially, there are three big hive ships coming. They know roughly when they're going to get there. And the whole first episode is them prepping. Prepping. Getting things ready. McKay and a couple of the scientists have to go to an outpost. Yeah, it's, uh, that's it's like an orbital a, defense platform. Yep, and they are trying to get it, you know, fixed and ready to run and, and everything like that. Yeah, there was some pretty comical things going on there. Yeah, and it was also it was it was consequential too. I mean, because mm -hmm. I mean they got it working and they took out one of the hive ships, but then the scientist that was, you know, had to stay on the station died. Yep, and the station got killed. Yeah, destroyed. and the thing is, these are not like one-off performances either. We've seen this scientist before. Mm -hmm. He was not just, hey, look, you have a new scientist. He's got a name, which means he's going to die. No, we've seen this guy in several episodes before. Yeah, yeah. So it was, a, it was a consequential death, and I appreciate the show for doing that. So the background actors in this show, they're, they're background actors, yeah, but they're actually, there's so few of them that right. they all, and they're consistently repeating it around itself. Right. They're, they're not just extras. They are consistent, and I like yeah. that. Uh, next is Siege Part 2, where it's just, they're getting ready for the fight. Well, there was a lot of the fight in, too, though. And we find out that, because, hey, there's an incoming wormhole. And it's got a, a signal with it. And mm -hmm. it's Stargate Command. Yep. And they send through some um, Marines. Yeah. And with a lot of heavy artillery. Mm -hmm. Because they got their message from Liars from Pegasus. And they're here to defend. And they they indeed defend. They defend. They get, they get things set up. They get things ready. They get everything around and the leader of, of the marines he talks to um he goes up to shepherd shepherd and he says you killed the colonel mm -hmm. that's not that's something that you should not have done yeah and i don't i don't i don't like you for that yeah um well so he's pissed off at, at shepherd he's yeah. gonna call marshall he does come around though i mean but yeah as you've heard us say the episodes this is not a resolved storyline so there's not a whole lot else to say about it no um but they did bring a zpm over Yes. So they can actually power up the city. Mm -hmm. And if they power up the city, then they're able to use the chair that has those drones. Yep. There's not a lot of drones. <laughs> Too in bad there. there's like five drones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the drones went out and they actually destroyed some, a bunch of ships. Yeah. It was it was pretty good. I was wondering how they were going to solve it all in an hour, mm -hmm. which was answered when, hey, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of the series. Yeah. Season. Um, yeah. So far, I'm, I'm liking the show. I think the only real complaint I have is, well, it's a couple. A, I think the Wraith are kind of lame. Yeah. I don't love them. I, I think the Gold were way better villains. They're all right. And, man, I like Shepard, but he's Diet Jack O'Neill. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You, you have to look at each of the characters as a Diet person. Because uh, Ford is a Diet Carter. Yeah, kind of. McKay is a Diet Jackson. Yeah, I guess. I, I Ta guess, Taylor is a the Diet. The thing is, though, with Tilk. With, like, McKay. McKay's personality is so different from anybody on SG-1 that he actually stands out. He's so grating. But everybody else, yeah. Taylor, her character is very similar to Teal'c. And 
yeah, different, but Ford is not the same as, as Carter, yeah, really. but he's but... kind of a blank canvas, too. Yeah. And then Shepard, he's got the same jokey attitude as Jack, and I, I don't mind it, but at the same time, they already have Jack. They should have gone somewhere else. Yeah. But... We shall find I more about them. I am enjoying it very much, and I'm looking forward to season two, especially since it ended on a cliffhanger. Yes, yes. Now you, now you know my pain. Yes. <laughs> Which is why I didn't stay with it. I, just I know, I know. But we will find more about them in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something special that came out recently. Really? Something did... I was just so amped for. What did I miss, Scott? Oh, you saw it. I did? I know you saw it. I know I saw it, too. This was the Wheel of Time trailer. Yes. Now, we're not going to do a shot for shot, whatever, whatever. You can see tons of that on, on YouTube. Yes. All I have to say is, did you see Egwene coming up with the colors on her? Yeah, that's the money shot of the trailer. It really oh, is. So nice. And that's the thing. A, this trailer exceeded my expectations. They showed a lot more than I thought they were going to with the teaser. It's two minutes and 20 seconds long. Mm-hmm. And this is a teaser. Exactly. And Rafe Judkins has said that there's going to be a longer trailer before the show premieres. Which we have a date. November, November 19th. 19th. But in a trailer of really good moments, the Egwene coming out of the water was probably the best. Yes. It's very iconic. And it did. The thing is, we're saying it's iconic, but it never happened it in never, the books. No, it's not even a books. <laughs> not in the books at all. No. But it was just, it was so, for watching the trailer, it was like, oh, that, that looks so much like what it should be yeah. for some sort of ceremony. I, I feel like Rafe is doing very well with the tone, and I think he's nailing the look. I know yes. some people don't like the uh, the Aes Sedai in all pure the same color of what well, they the of their, is, what their sect is. Like they use different shades of like you see several reds. Mm-hmm. They are all wearing different shades of red, but they're all wearing red. Yes. You see some. You see a couple browns in a shot. They're all wearing different shades of brown and different styles, mm-hmm. but they're all wearing brown. I did like the fact that when you saw the browns, this is for Willow Time fans. You 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 you'll find this funny too. All of them are completely disheveled, which is okay. It is obvious that Rafe has consumed this series and respects it. Yes. Because, yeah, there's going to be changes. There has to be. It's a visual medium. It's not a book. But he's doing so many things right. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to I, it. I liked the look of Loghain. Yep. I liked you know, what was happening uh, in that shot, even though that was never in the books. No. And, you know, that's definitely, they're changing, he's going to definitely, it looks like he's changing the exit of Shadar Logoth quite a bit. He's changing the exit of Shadar Logoth. He's tinkering around with the exit from Emmons Field. Mm-hmm. Um, All I got to say is, for strict hardcore Wheel of Time fans, this is just another turning of the wheel. <laughs> See, I oh, I got a problem with that saying, though, because a lot of people said that about the Dark Tower movie. Oh, this is just the next time around, and look how bad that turned out. That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I have very high hopes based on this trailer. I had, my hopes were moderate before, All right, let me after ask, seeing the trailer. Let me ask you this. Yes. How many times did you watch the trailer? It's, this is also including reaction watches. Oh, man. Probably 15 times. 15? Yeah. I'm about 20, 25. Okay. Now, the big question Pretty is... High. You've watched it on your TV, right? Of course. Because that's how you need to watch... Now, and I also heard that don't go to YouTube and watch it. Go to Amazon Prime and watch theirs, because apparently it's better resolution. Actually, it is. I have not done it yet, because I, I heard this last night, and I just have not had a chance to do it. I, I have done it, and <laughs> it, it is it is good. Uh, but yes, that has been our special news. Hey, Scott. Did you know... That September 8th was a global holiday. I knew September 8th was Star Trek Day. 
because we talked about it in a previous episode. What holiday was it, though? It was Star Trek Day, That's not, That's not a holiday. It is definitely a holiday. That's not a holiday. Yes, it is. Anyway, I watched most of it. I ain't gonna lie, they started it kind of late and I fell asleep because I had a long day. But, here's what I gleaned from it. Um, on the Prodigy panel, we did learn that it is going to be more geared towards kids, as they previously said. They did show a newer trailer that has more footage and more story elements to it. And... I don't know if this is important to any Star Wars nerds, but D. Bradley Baker is in this. D. Bradley Baker is the clone! Mm-hmm. Well, he is officially in Star Trek now as well. And they gave a release date. October. Well, what is he playing in Star Trek? Uh, basically a little blob. Exactly. He's, yeah. he's, he's going... He's going... Meep, 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 meep. He's not actually... There could be more. Meep, 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 but October 28th, and we will have Prodigy to watch. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, though. Mm-hmm. Was there anything about Picard? There was. Because we talk about Picard. Yes. Um, they released a new trailer that shows a lot more of how they're going to incorporate Q and what Q is going to be doing. Essentially, Q changes something in the past and turns the entire Federation into... Uh, Picard calls it a totalitarian regime. All right. It looks an awful lot like the Mirrorverse. I, we're speculating, we don't know, but that's what it looks like. But Picard and his crew on the La Serena have to, they, they still have all their original memories. So they devise a plan to travel in time back to the 21st century to undo what Q did. So we are going to get some presentation shenanigans. Presentation shenanigans? And you can see in the trailer that the way they're using time travel involves the Borg because we see the Borg Queen. So this to me says they're going to have a decent story and they don't want to actually use CGI. Essentially. I mean, and I'm fine with it. I mean, yeah. let, let's, let's get some good time traveling. Some, some of Trek's best stuff is time travel. Now, here's... You've been talking about this other show. Which one? Strange New World. Is there anything about that yet? There is. There was a, a panel with the three main cast members and the two showrunners which uh, the cast members are Anson Mount, Rebecca Romain, and Ethan Peck. And the showrunner is uh, Akiva... Akiva Goldsmith? Akiva. Akiva Goldsmith? Goldsman? Yeah, that guy. He's in everything. Look him up. The dude has his fingers in everything. It's crazy. And another guy who I don't remember who's not important. Um, we did not get a trailer, which I was hoping for, but we did get a video that introduces the main cast. Now, we already knew that Anson Mount was playing Christopher Pike. Uh, Rebecca Romain was playing number one, but they gave her a name. It is Una... Uh, Shen Riley? It's Una and something else. And Ethan Peck is playing Spock. We also learn of a few new characters. Now, I don't remember the actors and actresses' names, but they are bringing back three characters from the original series. We are getting Cadet Uhura. Cadet on a starship. Cadet on a starship. It's not unprecedented, especially when you look at Tilly was a cadet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're in that. We are getting Nurse Chapel. And we are getting Dr. Mbenga. Now, I do recognize Nurse Chapel. I know Uhura. Mbenga, is he the, was he the original Doctor? He was one of the Doctors in the original pilot. Okay. So, they're, they're digging deep on that one. And then we get a few other cast members. We are getting a... Uh, we're getting an Andorian, but it's not a blue-skinned Andorian. We are getting an albino Andorian who is blind, which means he is from one of the... He's from that offshoot that they talked about on Enterprise. Mm. So, that's kind of exciting. We are getting... Khan's descendant. 
Are we sure it's a descendant of Khan? Her name is something something Nunian Singh. So yes, I feel confident in saying that this is one of Khan's descendants. <laughs> and then uh, we're getting a couple of the cast members who are who are new characters, which is pretty fun. Uh, no release date, but it looks it's looking pretty cool. And was there anything about Discovery? Uh, there was. There is a release date. It is coming on November the 18th. Did you have fun during that? I did. Well, that has been <laughs> that has been Star Trek Day news. And hopefully Scott will learn to celebrate these holidays in the spirit they are meant to be celebrated in, instead of being a curmudgeon. What a curmudgeon. You're, I talked to you about it, did I not? You're a curmudgeon. I brought I brought in the you know the things. Curmudgeon. Yeah, well, I have been your geek Scott. I have been your geek Jason. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>